0: You're listening to A Real Piece of Work. (laughs) I probably shouldn't say it that way. You're listening to A Real Piece of Work, a jobs podcast for aspiring professionals brought to you by WVIK, Quad Cities NPR, and Junior Achievement of the Heartland. Now here's your hosts, Matt and Joy. Hello, Matt Rebro. How are you today?
1: I am excellent, excellent. Just off the coattails of a flight back to Moline, Illinois, and was uber excited to get here today because of a pretty long relationship with our guest today, which is a, a nice theme that pops up from time to time. So uh, I'm going to leave it at that. But I, is there anything particular that about this guest was jumping out that you wanted to talk about today before we really welcome her to the program?
0: I think what's jumping out is me. At me is because again, my 13-year-old son who is into sports so much, and I'm curious to what she has to say so that I can introduce maybe some other options to him to explore some different opportunities that even myself that I haven't thought of. So that's kind of what I'm excited about today.
1: Yeah, that's a little near and dear. We got a we got a high school relationship uh, in terms of uh, alma mater that we can both speak about. So Jenny, welcome to A Real Piece of Work, the job podcast for young people. Really excited to have you on the program today.
2: Thank you, guys. Very excited to be here. I would like to also add the longstanding relationship, actually, between Matt and I goes back to when I was, we won't say how old maybe both of us were, but I was in camp and Matt was a camp counselor um, in the good old uh, Bettendorf Middle School uh, camp program they used to do. So yes, Matt and I's relationship goes back, uh, that's probably 25 plus, 20, I don't know, it's a long time <laughs> A few um, years ago. Yeah, a few years ago. But uh, yeah, go uh, Bettendorf Bulldogs. Uh, we there share you that go. love of our there alma mater.
1: Go. There you go. But for all of our other listeners in the junior achievement world, uh, you know, this is a great program because we've got a very successful uh, lady here that's uh, navigated her way through an interesting space of a career path um, that I think is very, very attractive and exciting. So, Jenny, if you don't mind, what is it you do? Name your company, where you based, uh, and maybe kick it off there.
2: Yeah. So uh, yeah, as Matt alluded to, I've got kind of an interesting uh, background. So I've been in the sports and entertainment industry for 15 plus years now. So I started originally out of college working in Chicago for a couple sports marketing agencies, doing more events and experiential marketing. And then I moved over to a custom fabrication production company uh, here in the Twin Cities, which is where I'm based in Minneapolis, been here for 12 years now. Um, so worked for a custom production company that would produce all kinds of sets, Displays, props, you name it, activation elements for a lot of sports teams, a lot of sports leagues, and different companies in the sports entertainment industry. And then I went to work for the Minnesota Vikings in 2014 as they were building out their stadium, uh, US Bank Stadium, downtown Minneapolis, and was there for four years in really a unique role, um, kind of taking on a lot of our design and construction management. So Sure, we'll kind of dive into this more, but there's a unique aspect with a lot of construction projects in general, but a lot of these sports construction projects where these teams are coming in as the owner of this property and project and really don't know where to start. And they're trying to integrate their own brand into the building. They're trying to integrate sponsors that have spent a lot of money. U.S. Bank, for example, they put their name on this building. So how are they getting the value of these sponsorships and these physical building spaces? So my role at the Vikings was something that took on a world of its own and nothing that any of us expected. So doing that for the stadium, then um, the Vikings ownership group had purchased 200 acres to build their new training facility and corporate offices. And so I switched gears and worked in a full time kind of construction project management role with the Vikings managing the whole design and build of that facility. Um, and then that's when I had a little bit of a light bulb go off uh, in my brain, the end of 2017, early 2018, um, where I was like, God, I, I want to go do this full time. And the space I was in, I was one of just a handful of people that was really intimately involved in a lot of our construction projects. And so we were touring all kinds of team owners, different team executives, different organizations through all of our facilities. And they were asking all kinds of questions and needed this kind of proprietary knowledge that I had. And so I thought to myself, well, I'm going to go start my own business, Um, not really knowing all the things that come with starting your own business, uh, which I've learned over the years. um, That's that's kind of the path I've taken to where I am today. So my business is called Rise, uh, Rise Design Build Integration. And we launched in August of 2018. So it's been just almost four years now. And we've been lucky enough to still continue to work with the Vikings on a number of their projects. Also worked with the Las Vegas Raiders, the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Texas Rangers. Um, so it's been a lot of fun and a crazy uh, journey, but it's it's been a good one. So
1: I mean, I just heard those names, of those pro teams, and that's I mean, that just I mean, it's the upper echelon of athletics that you get to pr- get to be involved with. It's got to be pretty exciting. Just be able to say, I work, I've work. i worked with the Vikings. Or, you know, how, yeah, this, how she cool said it's so cool. calm
2: and so just yeah, like – It's yeah, like, so really?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, how cool are these uh, – Well, I, I
2: still pinch myself. I do. I still honestly pinch myself. Uh, yeah, and I mean, that's starting – I mean, have, I will tell you the first day I worked at the Vikings. I remember I walked into my office and I had a TV. You had TVs in your office because it had was playing ESPN all day long. And you're like, wow, this is cool. And I remember like sending my husband an email, and I would even my email address was like at vikings.nfl.net. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. So the the novelty is not that lost on me. I have definitely uh, been enjoying that in um, in general from the get go of my career. You know, some of the first projects I worked on out of college, we were during events at major league Ballpark parks kind of comes full circle to what I'm doing now that I was, you know, at Yankee, you know, at Yankee Stadium, at Chase Stadium doing events and you're, you know, in the dugout and you're like, wow, this is really cool. And so I, I've been very lucky to have unique experiences. And then specifically the last four years with my own business, I definitely think it is something that I knew was there and I knew that there was this idea that these teams needed this resource. Um, but I don't think I still fully realize that until sometimes I look and realize the projects I'm involved in and the, the scale of them and you know, how I've I've become a very trusted resource within professional sports for this kind of niche that I do. And so it, um, yes, it's something that, uh, is not lost on me. And my kids are also have become fans. I they have all of the team's gear now because I travel so often <laughs> that I bring stuff home for them. And so I'm just creating more professional sports fans uh, all around.
1: So was your education preparing you for this type of role?
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny. And knowing I was going to do this podcast, I was thinking back to I think I remember my junior or senior year of high school, we did some sort of skills assessment, I can't even remember what it was, but you had to fill out all these questionnaires about what you liked and what you were drawn to math or science communication. And I remember the thing that popped up was like, you should go into public relations. And at the time I was like, well, that sounds fun. I like dealing with people in the public (laughs) and I like building relationships, but I didn't really, I think, fully grasp what public relations meant in terms of communication and crisis management and working in actual public relations in different industries. But for me, I knew I wanted to go into some sort of communications um, business role. And even when I went to college, I was debating going into education and becoming a teacher Um, or doing the business side of things. And I think it was my sophomore year, I finally decided to go down the business communications track. And I was in the University of Kansas has a journalism school. So I was in their journalism school. My degree was strategic communications. Um, And really, it wasn't ever a focus truly on sports uh, until I was getting ready to graduate. And I think every a lot of people want to be in a sexy industry or want to work for a cool company. And nowadays, there's so many cool tech options and startups. And for me at the time, I just wanted to work in sports. It's like I could work in insurance or I could work in the medical field, but I just had a passion. I played sports all through high school. Um, My dad ran track at the University of Iowa. My brother played football at the University of South Dakota. So we were a big sports family and that was important to me. And I didn't know all the opportunities outside of working for a team. So that was a first thought was, oh, I'm going to go work for a sports team. And I was interviewing with the Chicago Bulls um, and their first, you know, kind of way to get into the organization is to work in ticket sales. So you're making 80 phone calls a day, every day, just trying to sell ticket sales. And that was something that I was like, I don't know if (laughs) that's exactly my, uh, my forte. Uh, You know, I'm happy to, that's a grind. um, That is a (laughs) grind. (laughs) Um, but that's common in a lot of sports teams on the team side of things is they kind of start you as an intern. Um, I actually have a second cousin who just started with the Vikings. She just graduated from Iowa in the spring, you know, and it's they have an associate program. Now, a lot of teams will do this where they hire 25, 30 associates. It's kind of their entry level position, but you're only given a one year deal and you're in all different departments and sometimes they kind of let you do some learning and sharings in different departments to figure out what you like um, but it's kind of they bring a class in and then they see who kind of rises to the top and so it's very competitive it's it's tough to get into the team side. Um, but I think there's so many opportunities that I tell a lot of young people that are looking to get into sports and business is there's so many other opportunities. Go to a marketing agency like I had done where I got to work on multiple brands because you the agency represents a number of different companies and brands. So I worked with Roadway, the trucking and logistical company. We worked with ESPN. We worked with Motorola. Um, another agency I worked on, Burger King worked on Goodyear tires, Dunlop tires. So you get an experience and talk about that, just Goodyear tires to Burger King. That's a very <laughs> different uh, level of activations and different business models. And so you get a good experience and exposure on the agency side. But there's also vendors and contractors. You could go work for Wilson Sporting Goods. You could go work for Decktronics, which is a scoreboard company. You could be and you can do all types of things. You can do IT, you can do HR, you can do communications, you can do accounting. There's so many different things that you can do within the sports industry. You don't always have to say, Oh, I go wanna work for a team and because it's it's tough out of college to I think rise to the top in that field.
0: So I am very curious. Because you sound like you're busy all the time with everything that you have going and all the things you just talked about. But for the for the kids who are listening in, a typical day or a typical week for you, what does that look like? When it whether it's hours, is it in the office? Are you out meeting with people? Kind of walk us through that that typical day, and maybe it's not always typical, but yeah, what they would well, expect in something like this.
2: Yeah, so I'd say typically on you know kind of the team side of things, because the world I'm in now is is kind of a little crazy. Being a business owner and having that two employees, I'm kind of out and about all the time um, traveling. But I'd say on specifically kind of on the team side of things, you know, you're depending on which sport you're in, um, you're if you're NFL, you're gearing up for your, you know, 10 home games a year and you're, you know, day to day, you're making sure if you're on, you know, client side of things, you're working with sponsors or partners, you're checking in, making sure that everything is going smoothly, especially preparing, you know, a lot of different sports teams have different promotional themes and so they may be supporting some local community aspect or charity event. Um so they'll focus that week or the prep for all of that. And if you're on the baseball side of things, I know folks that work in MLB, they have 81 home games and they're at they're you're expected to be at every game. And um, so that's a unique aspect of working, like Matt mentioned the grind of working on a sports team. It's pretty much expected that you're at games. And so that's That's one of the cool, also one of the downsides of things is it's a lot of time away and you don't get paid extra (laughs) to be at the game. That's just part of your job. Um, So a lot of times it's just, yeah, kind of preparing for the next big event or game Um, in my world today. I am pretty much traveling on the road every two, three weeks. So most of my projects, as I mentioned, are out of state. So having finished the Vikings facilities, you know, it's kind of my kids kind of jokes and I was, why can't you work in Minnesota, mommy? I'm like, well, because most of, <laughs> I've worked on a lot of the properties in Minnesota already. So uh, I am, you know, if I'm, last week I was just in Toronto, so I'm working with the Toronto Blue Jays on a renovation to their Rogers Center Ballpark and um, it's fly out Monday and come home Thursday night, and it's full on days. We were meeting from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. because they had home, they had a homestand last week, so they're all working during the game. So we had meetings all through the night. Um, but a lot of those specific meetings and what I'm doing now is working with the teams as they're designing new venues and doing renovations. And so we're meeting with architects, we're meeting with the general contractor to finalize scopes I'm doing finish selections which is a fun aspect of you know the construction world is getting to select your tiles and your paints and finishes and we're designing some really cool spaces that I can't quite share um, because they haven't shared much publicly yet but there are some fun stuff that they're getting ready to do um, you know to try and up their game and that's in the sports world in general as everyone has seen people are building these B- multi-billion dollar facilities and stadiums because they need to keep up just with their facilities but also it's a recruiting tool and so they're trying to continue to be the best of the best and even this tonight is the MLB all-star game in um, la and so I know they're touring a bunch of the newest la facilities because everyone wants to see what the next best idea is going to be
1: that it just blows my mind as I because I, I I play in this space but I've never well, once was working for a contractor that actually did get involved with the stadium project being Wrigley and the renovation. So what Jenny's involved with are these billion dollar projects. Like there's a select few people and firms that do these things. It's very specialized. Um, so it's, it's pretty impressive. Absolutely impressive what, what your company's doing and what you were you doing to help these experiences come alive for these organizations. I, I think it'd be pretty cool to be in that seat almost every day. So Joy, what do you think?
0: Well, I'm, I'm such a curious person. You said, you said the light bulb went off at one point in time and you wow. said, this is what I want to do. So what was the light bulb moment? I, I'm curious for the kids listening in too. you know, cause you want to listen to those, those things you want to yeah. pay attention when the light bulbs go off. So what was it? And, and then also were there other people, you know, who supported you? Cause I, you said you couldn't probably have done it on your own. No. So who are the people that helped motivate you and helped you kind of pull it all together too?
2: Yeah, those are uh, great questions. And I think the light bulb didn't necessarily go off in one specific moment. I wish it would have been the like, Eureka, I've got it. Um, But definitely it was a couple, you know, over the course of a few months. And I definitely think when, as I mentioned, I was one of three people that worked on our kind of design construction team for the Vikings. And we were unique. Um, As Matt mentioned, there's a very small group of architects that kind of play in the sports space. And it's because they're very good at what they do. and, And they're very competitive. But we were unique at the Vikings, where we kept a lot of our resources internal. And so we built out this team, a small team of three of us. The other two gentlemen I worked with had both moved on from the project and went to other opportunities. So it was just me. So there's this unique aspect of, okay, I'm here managing all of this. And as I was touring these different organizations through, and they kept following up, and I'm talking like high level presidents, executives, general managers of sports teams. And that's, I was like, wow, okay, there's something here. But I didn't frankly know what I specifically would be good at like I'm not a graphic designer I'm not an architect I'm not a drafter I don't do modeling you know it's like how do I fit and so frankly what I did was I took a notebook and I wrote down everything I've ever done in my career whether it's sponsorship sales I've done wayfinding that's signage and buildings I've done furniture selections I've done events and managed talent and music things I mean every possible thing that you can imagine that I've at least done once, wrote down a list of that. And then I also wrote down all the contacts I had in the industry and maybe someone, one of my first bosses um, at the agency side, she was at Nike for 15 years running their women's running division. And then she's now at IndyCar um, as the vice president of marketing, doing all of IndyCar's marketing initiatives. And so following all these people that I have relationships with, I kind of realized that I had a good Opportunity and a good network to go out and just start testing out the idea of hey, if I went on my own and kind of helped people consult on these types of construction projects, is that a viable opportunity? So I went to a handful of people initially, um, one of which was a mentor of mine, Steve LaCroix. He's another um, Iowa native. He uh, went to the University of Iowa. He was the chief marketing officer for the Vikings for almost 20 years. So I went to, he was one of the first people I went to said, hey, I think I want to do this. And, you know, he gave me the green light and said, I think that's a great idea. Um, and he kind of helped vet some things for me, reached out to some other contacts I had. Another contact I had here, we were getting ready to host, Minneapolis was getting ready to host the final four. And so they had some events and stuff. And I said, well, would you guys need any help? And right away, my contact is like, yeah, we need to build out this truck, <laughs> It was going to be a traveling like basketball truck. They were just going to take locally to schools and events. She's like, can you do that? And I said, yes. And I left that meeting and I was scratching my head during home. I was like, how do I do that? What do I, I don't, I don't build trucks. I don't know how to build (laughs) an activation for a truck, but I called um, a former colleague of mine and I said, Hey Dave, I just need help. And so he kind of helped me figure it out. And that's, I mean, I had set up my LLC kind of on a whim and I did this all while I was still fully employed by the Vikings. Um, but just started playing around with it. And then then the big, I think, scary part was realizing I'm either all in or I'm just going to kind of have this idea and not really pursue it. And so it was really contingent on meeting with the Vikings and the executive team. Um, and pretty much telling them, I'm leaving, but yet I also want you to hire me back. And that was an interesting conversation. So I walked into a room, it was myself and four executive men. So that was also intimidating uh, in general, but uh walked in and I had a whole presentation that I had planned and said, this is my business. This is the model. So I was kind of foolproof going in. I didn't want them to poke holes in it and say, well, what about this? And they were caught off guard, but I think in a pleasant way, um, the current or the uh, chief operating officer at the current time was Kevin Warren, uh, who was a mentor, still is a mentor of mine. He's now the Big Ten commissioner. So he's someone that is very well connected in the sports industry. And he was the highest ranking African-American male on the business side at the NFL um, for a long time. And so he was someone that was really big into promoting women and minorities. And so I think right away, he's like, well, this is a great idea. How do we help you? And that's when I threw in. Well, you're going to then hire me back as a consultant. <laughs> and I so didn't give them an option. You. That's where you I scored. Didn't. You didn't give an option. And they, frankly, they tried to negotiate back and forth. And I said, well, you could do this on the side. And they knew they needed me, which I also knew I needed at the same time. Um, you know, I, that they, it was kind of this, we were negotiating a little bit, but I'm like, they need me and I want to do this, but I had to make a hard decision to say, what if they just say no? And then I'm completely on my own. Um, And luckily that didn't happen. They were very supportive. After a couple months of going back and forth, I officially left the Vikings. uh, Yeah. July, end of July of 2018 and launched rise August 1st of 2018. And uh, they were still are a client in the last four years. So, um, you know, have had a great relationship with them and it's there. It's just a trust and, There's a lot of historical knowledge I have for them as an organization, which is helpful. And then that's actually what's led me to a lot of these other projects and clients is teams are very interconnected. And so they will call and ask, you know, for how did you guys handle this or do that? And my relationship still within the building are you know, we've got someone that did all that for us. She's now on her own. Here you can reach out to her. So I think that was, you know, a good way to have the relationship still be intact and then also still be able to utilize that as, you know. Finding other referrals and new business.
1: So four years removed, uh, two or three, two or three things jump out. You're like, "Ooh, I wish I would have done that differently," or "So happy that I did that."
2: Well, there's so many things. Um, I always say, if you. If, you, if someone told you everything that went into starting a business, you would probably never do it. That's right. um, so you listen to uh, the, how I made it podcasts or, you know, I listened to Mark Cuban or <laughs> Melissa and Doug. Again, I've mentioned my kids a couple of times. I have an eight year old and five year old twins. And so uh, big into the Melissa and Doug toy world. My husband, I remember we listened to, The story of they were, I think, brother and sister, and they hold themselves up in like a cottage to come up with what their brand was going to be. And now they're making millions off of all of us. Um, But I think... Like looking and aspiring to people like that in the business world that have started their own businesses and been very successful is you cannot have fear. And trust me, I have fear, but I bury it very deep um, of you just can't be fearful of things. And that's a lot of times people will ask, you know, how, how did you do it? Or what's it like being on your own? I'm like, it's, it's scary, but you cannot listen to that voice. And you have to use that fear as encouragement and excitement. And that's what, you know, wake up every day and be like, okay, what's a new Contact I can reach out to today. What's a new potential prospect for a project? And I think you just have to turn some of those anxieties and fears into encouragement and excitement. And also know that it's a roller coaster. I think that's something that it's not as typical of, you know, you're not kind of at a plateau of this is what my job is. This is what I know. It's, it tends to be lots of highs and lots of lows but they all end up working out. And I think for me, just working for myself has been extremely gratifying. And, you know, I've learned from so many people in my career, um, and I've enjoyed the working relationships, but it's also empowering to kind of set your own, your own standard and your own vibe for things and be really authentic to just who you are and not have to rely on, you know, other people around you sometimes.
0: So as part of this podcast, we like to uh, always bring in a student question so that we can get some different perspectives on on what they'd like to gain from from you and from this interview. So I have a student question here that Jaron's going to play for us.
2: Hi, Jenny. This is Josie Wolbers from Wallert Catholic High School. As the CEO and founder of your company, Rise, how do you manage new projects for your business? What tips do you have for students who want to start their own company or want to pursue a leadership position in the future? Those are all great questions. Um, How do I, I think the first part was, how do I find projects or how do I kind of manage the projects? Um, That's something I'm still working on every day, Um, just prioritizing. Especially, I think, you know, in the last few years, as we all know, of being accessible all the time and Zoom calls and more so, I mean, I was working from home prior to the pandemic, but I think a lot of times it's truly taking a day at a time and saying, okay, this is what I need to accomplish. This is, I've got this for this client. You know, I need to accomplish this in a day, but I think it's really trying to manage your, just your daily time um, and being accessible. I mean, that's something that, you know, I also, I think just in general, balancing work and life and, You know, I've got kids that are home for the summer. So I structure my days sometimes around, okay, I've got to take a break from this point to this point because I need to be mom and be on my home life, but also managing the work life Um, and then bringing in the right resources. Um, I'm lucky that I've got a lot of good freelance project managers and designers that I bring in and I know when I'm kind of tapped out. And so I think it's not necessarily, you know, not being afraid to ask for help. Um, And finding the right resources that are just going to make you that much better and elevate, you know, your experience and what you're giving to your end client. So never being afraid to ask for help. Um, And I think the second part of the question was about leadership and just starting your own business and how to know if you're going to do that. It's like I said, it's it's, it's a wild ride, but I don't for one second regret it. I think it's been one of the best things, most humbling, um, exciting learning of you know my whole career. And I think it's just you've got to be able to be willing to put yourself out there and and find people that really support you. Um, and you're going to find people that maybe don't support you and use that as motivation. Um, but the biggest thing is to find people that are going to build you up and then are going to help you. and connect you with the right resources, whatever field you're looking to get into. Um, You know, I'm very lucky. I still have great mentors and a lot of great relationships that I just, you know, ping because I'm kind of on my own island some days. And so it's like I don't have the built-in corporate environment that I used to, but I have a lot of great resources. And never be afraid to pick up the phone. That's one thing, too, I tell a lot of young people is, you know, we're in such a tech-heavy world with texting and email and snapchat and all the things is i still am a firm believer if i call and pick up the phone call my friends i call um i've got a good friend who works in new york um in the sports industry and we talk every couple weeks on the phone we don't text we, we just we actually catch up and talk on the phone and that's something that i think is you know sometimes lost in this world is just those in person you know not even in person but just the real life conversations and connections with people and that's what i would advise is anyone in their careers and going into college and looking for jobs is build your network and build relationships. And with the competitive job market these days is if you know someone that can get your resume to the top of the pile, you know, someone that can connect you with the right person. It's all about the relationships and networking.
1: Well, we're getting close to the end of this here. Joy, was there anything else burning before I throw the.
0: Really? The only thing that's burning are the answers to your end questions that I've been thinking about.
1: Yeah. So. So, Jenny, typically at the end here, we always want to have our our guests reflect a little bit and put the 16-year-old Jenny hat on. And if you could look at her, you know, what would you tell her to stop doing, start doing, keep doing?
2: Okay. Um, Start doing. I would say start looking more at professional options. Like I said, I saw public relations and thought, no, that's what I'm going to do. And I don't know if, you know, 20 years ago when I graduated, if there were as many, you know, like Google really wasn't a thing. <laughs> I mean, we used LexisNexis in college. And so it wasn't, I think I would say looking back, you know, take full advantage of the resources you have and, and just Google like opportunities or ideas in a field you think you want to get into. You know, LinkedIn is such a great resource for even young kids. You know, create a profile on LinkedIn. Just start looking professionally at options and read, and read about the industries of sports. There's a sports business journal that's a publication. You can get free updates, you know, if you want to be in different fields. Just find ways to maybe learn about different opportunities on your own um, to stop doing, um, I would say, stop worrying about having the answers um or wanting to know exactly. You know, I thought going to college, I'm gonna I went to the University of Kansas. I was like, I'm gonna meet a boy that's from Kansas City. I'm gonna get married. I'm gonna live and work in Kansas. Like I had it all planned out. And you can uh you cannot plan those things. You cannot plan your life. And uh I every part of my career has not been anything I expected and that's the beauty of it. And luckily I met a boy from Minnesota not a boy from Kansas. So
0: I'm
2: gonna, uh, <laughs> happily married to my uh, husband who's a lifelong Minnesotan. Um, but yeah, I'd say don't, don't try and plan too much, especially at that point in your life, have fun, be, you know, educated and understand what's out there, but also enjoy the journey and process. And I think that would tend into what to keep doing too is, just keep being curious um, you know even myself i love i've started looking into even different areas of sports esports and there's this whole world of building out esports facilities and so it's something that's out of my comfort zone that i frankly am you know, i did help with a with one training facility you know when we have to build nap rooms and the training aspects for these gamers and it's just so out of my own comfort zone to understand the world but it's fascinating. I think, you know, just keep trying to challenge yourself in new and exciting ways and and know that you're not going to love every single thing you do. But that's the beauty of it is uh, you can look back and have a well-versed and well-rounded experience no matter what you do.
1: Well, Jenny, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today, and I'm sure the students are going to love hearing what it's like to be in your space and hopefully excites them just even a little bit more to explore and see what options are out there. So thank you very much for being on a real piece of work.
0: So, Matt, I just have to tell you, I am so grateful and thankful for all of your connections that you have held on to from years past because it makes me want to go back now to <laughs> to my high school days and, and try and not hunt people down per se, but I haven't maintained the relationships. And so I, I'm thinking for myself, something I can add on is these relationships. So thanks for bringing Jenny today she said, no fear. I wrote down in big, big lines, huge on my notebook, hashtag no fear. And I think from this one, um, especially for the kids listening into that, it's just so important, whether it's, you know, her talking for her job, any job in general, that you can't let fear be the reason that you don't do things. You can't let fear be the, I can't. Uh, She talked about turning the fear into courage and excitement when you wake up in the morning and just finding that. And so for me, that was my takeaway. I hope the kids think, you know, listen to that too. I mean, there's so many cool things from this from this podcast recording, but I think for me, those are the things that kind of jumped out that I hope the kids really tune into and listen to as they're they're starting to think about their career journeys.
1: Yeah. And uh, you're, you're spot on on all of that. And the thing just, this one's a little unique for me because again, I have known Jenny for so long and to see where she was and where she is now, and also being the father of a daughter and seeing somebody that has been in what is a pretty male dominant world and the athletic space that she specifically has been in. And then she launches a company that even probably got, got into just as male dominated type world of design and construction of all these massive facilities. So uh, I think it's inspiring and I hope the young women that are listening to this uh, realize that, you know, if you've got a passion for something, even if it's not stereotypical, doesn't mean you can't do it. So, you know, put your neck out there take a risk maybe it'll pay off for you so but you have to take the calculated risk so another fun one joy looking forward to the next one with you
0: thanks matt